All right, welcome back to the Talking Preps podcast uh, put on by the Star Tribune. I'm, I'm your host, uh, David Levake, and I've got the great pleasure of, of another. This is three weeks in a row with a special guest. I love doing this. This week, it is Willie Brazil, the head coach of the Columbia Heights boys basketball team. Willie, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Dave. That's good. That's good. I'm glad to be speaking with you. There's a lot to get to. Um, it's you've, Your team has... Really, uh, you know, it's it, now. I hope I'm not jinxing you, sir, because <laughs> it's t- it's Tuesday. We're recording this Tuesday morning because that's where it has to be done. And you are undefeated. You play Holy Angels tonight. Uh, that won't be easy. So if something goes wrong, I'm sorry for doing this now. Uh, I, I don't mean to jinx the 12 and 0 record. How, how what what is this about this team? I, I know what you said about good teams in the past that you've had in 2017. Uh, that was the first of two years you went to state. You said that uh, this this team, you said the team at the time, you had yet to coach a team that shares the ball as well as that team does. Uh, what what are the strengths? What does this current team do so well? This team, uh, from last year to now, we were predicted to be uh, projected to be senior dominated, and we still right now are starting uh, four seniors, as a lot of other high school coaches will attest. And that's a huge difference in them knowing the level of competition, knowing how to play together, uh, still not uh, teams that, if I have to use a team, it's that 17-18 team, that's the two-year run with those guys that they played well together. This team has got a little bit more grit. We have uh, one of the players of seniors with very limited varsity experience. So they've really just gelled and have actually played very well up to this point. Some would say, well, you haven't played uh, really top-level competition. We had a tough game on Saturday against Minneapolis South that took us down to the wire. But this team is just pr- primarily, we've had a couple players play really well. Yeah, I, I've heard it said, I think it was Don Lucia who used to coach Gopher men's hockey. I remember him saying, you know, once he said, you know, this is a league for older guys. And I think I, I think that's true of high school. If, if you got your seniors going well, that, that that takes care of a lot of issues. That takes care of a lot of problems. It takes it really brings the team along, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It you know helps when the game gets tough. Or I like to say high school basketball is many runs. Uh, some teams always jump out twelve to two, and you got to relax. You probably will come back, but it's going to take some time. Seniors, they don't panic as fast. Well, yeah, I look at the stats and and it. it Tells me Burton and Brown, you know, these guys can fill it up for you. They average 23 a night. Uh, Donovan, 12, and then you get eight from Scoggins and, eight, you know, eight from Davis. Uh, what what am I not seeing here beyond the scoring? Who, who's giving you what? Who might be that that kind of that secret weapon or two that, that has helped put you at where you are undefeated right now? It's probably uh, the little guard, Gen C. Davis, who's a sophomore. I mean, oh, yeah. he's, it's the small things that he does or that has done in some of the games because no one knows about Jensi. The other one would be always, I'm a point guard, I'm point guard prejudice, meaning most of the successful teams you'll see at the college level even go dip into the pros, of, of course, but you got to have that point guard who keeps the team controlled, keeps the team poised. Uh, we've had outstanding play by Terrence Brown, uh, it wouldn't be, I think most of us coaches would love to see more distribution and scoring, but he's done both, which has made us very successful. And then when you have an outside shooter with success that we've had so far with Muja Burton, 
it's been it's been a good combination. It's that's the three-headed monster you need. The um, how do you handle? You know, you've been on both sides of this. You you had a, a season where you didn't win a game not too long ago, and now you now you haven't lost a game. And how do you you know think of baseball? The pitcher's working on a no hitter, seventh, eighth, eighth inning. What happens? They leave him sit by himself on the bench. Nobody brings it up. Just they don't want to do anything. How do you handle the the undefeated run that you're you started the season with? Well, I, again, you you're far more lucky than you are good. So we'll <laughs> ride that as long as we can. But I think if depending on how many coaches hear this and other coaches know, you almost want a loss. You don't. You, it's hard to go undefeated. And I was probably luckier than most and played on. The, uh, a team that won 54 high school games in a row, and I played two years with that group. And it's it's something you like, you want to do it, but it's like, when are we going to lose? And you don't want to lose the final game of the sections or the first game of the section. So I think a team needs to learn to do both. That's, again, my preference is not to run the table. You got to learn to do both. You got to learn a little adversity. It was good to see them face some adversity Saturday against South, and they responded. I hope that continues, but I don't think we'll run the table. How do you generate, you know, coaches are never really fully satisfied, so you're you're pointing out things that you could do better even though you're winning. Uh, where, 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 how else do you kind of make sure that the kids are still doing the little things well as, as they keep piling up to wins? Well, it's the uh, Bobby Knight phrase. Most people don't like him for, because of the attitude, but his coaching is hard to deny. It's your practices have to be tougher than your games. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to simulate that because we're not deep on our bench. We have a lot of young players that have to come in for us. So they're learning that in practice. But that being said, you're also creating the environment to replace these four seniors. So I think for me, it's just, again, making them practice as hard because some games, when, you win, when you've had success winning, Dave, and every coach has said, they're going to take advantage of a weak team, if you will. So they, they play down. So you don't want your team to lose that focus. So we just try to create the competitive environment and practices as much as possible. I, uh, it's impossible for me to get out and about as much as I'd like. So I, I kind of rely on looking at scores sometimes just to keep tabs on what people are doing. And I don't know, a couple of weeks ago already it's been, I said, uh, well, two weeks ago tonight, I think, actually, uh, you beat De La Salle. And so I, I I went back to something that you had said, you know, on the record <laughs> after, I think, the state tournament game when you knocked them off. You said, we beat the machine. <laughs> and so I, I texted yeah, you, hey, I'm beating the machine. Uh, yeah, I'd imagine it never gets old being able to, because, you know, De La Salle, even when they're not maybe at their very, very best, that's still a very competent quality basketball program that had to be a, a huge feather in your cap again it, it's a conference rival no your conference opponents know everything about you uh de la salle probably uh, scouts as well as anybody in the state uh that's just been something they've always done uh but they also have which which i think a lot of the private schools do is get exceptional basketball players uh, that being said, and the, the term when I say machine is just that they they are not worried about their junior varsity or their sophomore team or BTC team, whatever you want to call it. They're usually reloading due to the fact they're a private school and that students want to come there. Uh, nothing against that, but that's where I get to turn the machine. I mean, at that point, they had won six championships in a row. So it's yeah. very hard to argue that they're not doing it. I don't know if you want to call it the right way or not, but very impressive.
Yeah, and you were down in that game at halftime. You were down by six. Then you come back and you outscore them by 19 in the second half. Is that what you were talking about at the beginning of this conversation about seniors and their lower panic point and, and their ability to to kind of see through the ebbs and the flows of the game and, and still get to a good place? Exactly. And that was pretty much my halftime speech, or really it's pregame. <clears throat> I knew they were going to you know, do some really good things. So we had to come out and play better defense. I think it surprised some of the players because, again, with – Three of these guys not having a lot of varsity experience. That being said, they had to learn that. So I think it helped them relax in the second half, and we went on a nice little run and never looked back. If the schedule I'm looking at is correct, yeah, you got Holy Angels, Brooklyn Center, then then it gets a little interesting. You got Hopkins, and you got De La Salle, and that's on a Wednesday and a Friday in early February. Um you know that that that's gonna you're gonna you know you've learned a lot of good things about your team, but I imagine there's some some really good hard lessons coming up that uh, that'll teach you a little bit more about what you've got here going down the stretch. Yeah, that, absolutely. And we you know again I I tried to counter having a and I'll use this respectfully a 4A schedule because in our section we have a team that is in a 4A conference, and that's usually the speech at the section uh, meeting. So for us. Uh, the Hopkins, playing Hopkins, Southwest, South, I've tried the best to create a more competitive uh, schedule because a lot of people refer to the Trimetro Conference as a conference that's somewhat weaker. I disagree. I think everybody cycles. But for the team, I want that challenge because you you can't, you know, we don't get to play a Hopkins twice. We don't get to play South, who's bigger and a lot bigger than us. Uh, Hopkins will be bigger than us. I'm talking interior presence. So yeah. I think it was just, to, again, my effort was to give them tough competition during the season. Uh, again, uh, to try to face what we will ultimately have to face in the sections if we're if we're playing well enough at the end of the year to be lucky enough to play uh, a Tatino Grace who's in our section. We have to be prepared that they, we know they're bigger. We know they're very skilled. So I tried to make our schedule so that we can have as many skilled games as possible. You, well, how do you play that? Because you got the your conference and non-conference regular season. Do you keep one eye on where things are headed? And you know, you're in section four, as you mentioned. Tatino Grace is there too. They're number one right now in your class. Yep. Um, do you keep one eye on them and, and kind of think about what what's you know coming up and, and what could be happening? No, I, I kind of use this is going to be interesting, Dave. I use history because, again, when you go to those section meetings and even back in 1718, I did not get the number one seed in either of those years. And I, for one, felt like I should have gotten that and moving on. So last year or, or just this year, we won't get the number one seed because what happens is Tatino can come in and say all of our opponents are 4A. And yeah. he's absolutely correct. His conference is 4A. I believe he's the only 3A in his conference. So, and I can't begin to explain, or that's a whole nother show all in and of itself, the section breakdown or how the sections are done with the eight sections that the Minnesota State High School League develops for 3A. So in doing that, I try to level the playing field so I can go in there and they don't say to me, your schedule is weak. The reason you're 12 and 0 is your schedule is weak, or we end up 16 and 4 or whatever losses are. I, that's where, you know, again, it's more the season preparing for the next season to try to level the playing field so you get a good seed in section. I'm old school. You still have to play everybody. 
So I don't go in, but geez, I gotta have the number two or the number one. But I just think fairness in, in, in especially when the selection is by vote. I think everybody, uh, again, was, you know, some people use the QRF, but again, it's a, it's a based on who you play. So if you're playing head to head with a 4A and you lose to them, QRF is gonna give you a higher weight. I hope everybody understands what that QRF is. But in the in the meeting, when the coach says, this is my record, I've lost to these 4A teams, they were a lot better competition than the lower level of coaches X's conference. That puts you at a, you know, a disadvantage and you end up getting a, subsequently a lower seed. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I've, I've heard, <laughs> I've heard some horror stories, not, not of your section or even your sport, but in football, uh, yep. I've heard guys coming in, you know, they think their seven and one record is worth this or that. And the other coach is like, uh, sorry, you didn't have any kind of a schedule that anybody really can, you know, respect and papers getting tossed in the air, people storming out. It can get, it can get ugly at times. You're right, Dave. That's exactly what happens. Absolutely. And, you know, old school, people subscribe to it and out play them. You know, it's not like you haven't offered to play that head-to-head, -head, then you can have the seat. It, it, do, it doesn't hurt to play uh, the competition that's in your section. Everybody has non-conference games to schedule. You know that, and I know that. Yeah. It, all the coaches that listen to your podcast is going to say that he's absolutely correct. You have non-conference games. Play you, you, Ideally, playing your section opponent makes sense, especially if you're trying to get a respectable seat. That, that resolves that problem, but those are, of course, coaches' preference. I had a friend of mine who was up watching Totino Grace play Park Center the other night, and Park Center started the game ahead 15 nothing. Yep. And Totino Grace ultimately came back and won. That, I mean, again, we've we've covered this theme already, but that that that's a team that's not going to panic either, and that's that's gotta, you know, that's gotta be something. I don't. Do you even bother talking to your guys about that? It's just kind of to reinforce that message, or, or is it better to not worry about someone you might play? What's your philosophy on that? Well, again, players are, most high school players all know each other. They're all gym rats. So they've seen Totino play, and arguably on paper, and even with looking at, Totino Gray starts five Division One players. So how can you argue and not say that they're, they're definitely the number one team in the state? There's hands down, no question. There's not a person with any basketball knowledge would not deny that. I thought Park Center played a, a good game against them. They, they also have a lot of talent. And it's a great team. But the difference is one's 3A and one's 4A, which is fine. But again, this is where the argument comes in, level the playing field from, and again, you and I have had this conversation more often on record, of course, with the division of private schools and public schools uh, being in similar sections. But it, it changes every year and everybody can argue that point to death. So my players actually know them and know how good they are. So there's no preparation other than if a, a coach could have his wish, it would just will end up playing in the section championship. I think a great game for Minnesota basketball because all year now they're the one for 3A and we're the two it would been great to have played if you would have scheduled it as a uh, section you know, game to see who would get the seed. Matamidi in the 17, 18 years, they're in the section too and they were really good as yeah. well. They were really good at arguably yeah. – Coach had one of the nicest. He had the uh, Parker Fox, who's going to the University of Minnesota. Excellent high school basketball team, but he never shied away 
from saying, you know what, we're going to play you. So if, when we get to the section uh, selection, if you will, we played head to head. Ironically, I'll say, and, and he knows we beat him and we still didn't get the number one. So that doesn't always equate to, <laughs> to that being the facts, but uh, it's just one of those pet peeves I have about section uh, placement and voting, if you will. Someone in a guy said back in 2017, that team went to state. It's, and at the time, it was a bit of a surprise for you, even. You thought maybe it was a year ahead of schedule, but they got there. And and uh, one of the players in, in an article I wrote said, well, it, it has a lot to do with Coach Brazil because he believed in us more than we believed in ourselves sometimes. Um, what's it been like? Has it been easier with what you've been doing recently, getting to the state tournament, knocking off a deal of Sal? Has it been easier for guys to come into your program and say, you know what? we can get there from here. We, we can accomplish these things at heights. Is there more of that, that confidence or what do they call it? Kids call it swagger. Is there more of that that exists now because of what you've been able to do? In well, recent again, I, I think we've gotten, uh, we have uh, some players that are, have come to heights, if you will, but usually I like to say it respectfully. We have a lot of kids that have been in heights their entire lives. So I think our success has helped them remain there for yeah. lack of a better term. And I mean, but they know, or or I, if I had to nickname myself, and someone else should say that, Dave, is a player's coach. We encourage, and, and my success is not solely mine. I've had, if if people know, on my bench, I don't have five coaches. There's usually, there's been one since 2007, and that's Deidre Jenkins. Yeah. Uh, he, he's been the inspiration of these players. He does far more teaching and practices than I ever will. He played for Ohio and um, as a division one player. But it's the success of of him and I working with the kids and making them feel empowered. That's that's really been a catalyst for our success. And it's encouraging the players to be the best they can. But the other teams make it easy. Even if we get if we are lucky enough to play Tatino, well, yeah. everybody's already expecting us to lose, Dave. So it's easy to motivate <laughs> your players to say, "Here's your shot to take a shot." Every it's 50-50 game at zero zero, and the clock starts. Yeah. And, and no one's going to say a word, which last year they soundly beat us. There's no question about it. And then what happened? They turned around and uh, uh, wait a minute. Was that the year? That was maybe been the year before when they lost to no last year. They beat us. Uh, but I mean, they're a good team. But again, just talking to the players and getting them to believe in themselves is just something that I've always tried to encourage with with every player I've ever coached. Let me remind people, you mentioned, you made reference to it, but you didn't, even, you didn't say where you went. The school doesn't exist anymore as a high school, but that great team you're a part of, that great winning streak they went on, the, <clears throat> the championship in 76, that was Marshall University. People, yep. I, <clears throat> people, people kind of, you say that and they go, where, who? <laughs> My players also. Uh, there is, um, unfortunately, YouTube and videotapes resurface. Um, that 76 team was very special with Ronnie Henderson and all those guys. Uh, I was a sophomore on that team. Never, hardly ever seen the floor, really never seen the floor. They were good. The 77 team, I was a junior, and there's someone put the videotape on YouTube of our last game, or my high, last high school game of a state tournament appearance. We lost 69 to 66 to Silver Bay with a player named Dave Trost. And that was the 54th, the 55th game we lost to Silver Bay at the state tournament. 
1977. And at that time, we were 54 and 0. If, if records hold true, I think we still hold the fourth best record in Minnesota State High School League uh, history with a uh, 54 and 0. It's hard to do that, but we again we played unselfish, and basketball was just played different. We didn't care about 22 points or 30 points a game. We cared more about, and that's a compliment to the coach at that time was a Hall of Famer here, Ed Prohoski, who kind of really emphasized uh, team play. Uh, and again, it, it makes all the difference in the world and hopefully the camaraderie you build with your team. You, I know you think the world of him and uh, I've talked to him about what you've been, you know, since you've been uh, building things up at Heights, uh, he, I've talked to him about you, and he, <clears throat> excuse me, that feeling, uh, thinking the world of of him, he, he feels the same about you, and is that that's that's a relationship that endured a long past your player coach relationship. That's one that it sounds like is, is still, you know, it was valued for many many years after. Yeah, I mean, this was a, a gentleman who caught a lot of a lot of flack back then, uh, from everything to our style of play, to just how we soundly would be better than other teams. So Prosky took the heat for a lot of that. But what I admired the most was how he taught the defense. Uh, people referred to it as junk. Uh, he would not. He would call it a matchup that uh, Phil Saunders mastered in every team he ever coached. Um, and Ed was affiliated with the program there with the Wolves for many years. But he was a basketball genius. Offensively, uh, there's uh, several plays that I won't because if I call him, people will scout us enough to know it, that he knows <laughs> he's watching, you know, and we were quick, we were fast. So the defensive schemes the, that we use is straight out of his playbook. There's no question about it. Um, but the gentleman himself was a legend, and I'm glad, you know, way back when they honored him uh, because it was a different time and era in the late 70s to have, uh, with all due respect to all the listeners, uh, a minority-dominated team. In this, what's ironic is in the conference I'm in right now, the Tri-Metro Conference. A little bit different back then, but yeah, um, right. It was it was uh, it was fun. It was a great one. And and I'll tell people, Dave, we had to play a lot more than three games to get to the state tournament. Let me tell you, there was a section in the regionals we had to play our regional games in St. Cloud. It was a little bit different. Huh? Yeah. Well, there's. there's one of the coaches in another sport, we reflected on his championship run, and he said, you know, we had to win six game sevens in a row. And I've never thought of it in those terms, but that's exactly what it is. It's, 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 there's a lot of pressure on those kids for, for a long stretch if you want to come away with the championship. No, there's no doubt. That's absolutely true. Very good. Well, I, it was a pleasure. No pressure at all talking to you, so thank you for that. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I wish you all the best uh, tonight. Again, uh, Tuesday, uh, you'll be Tuesday night rather when I'm recording this. Holy Angels, and then uh, you know, good luck, and, and we'll uh, we'll be in touch here as, as the season continues to roll on. All right, it's always a pleasure, Dave, and I thank you very much. Take care, man. Thanks. Good luck to you. You bet. Bye bye.